Good morning and welcome to church. And I'm so glad to, to share with you a few things that's happening in NASDAQ. First of all, I'm so happy that you know, this week I read the news that Singapore has the lowest fatality to infection ratio in the world. In the world. We are the lowest in the world. And that's good news. It means that we can move towards a new normal. In fact, some of us are going to get the $100 voucher for, uh, uh, you don't even know, right? there's a $100 voucher for those who are Singaporeans for you to go and visit the theme parks or stay in a hotel or just visit attractions. So it's coming soon. Uh, this is just a, a public service announcement. Uh, so that's just good. It's the government's way of saying that we are opening up the country internally that we are safe. This bubble is safe and they are moving towards a new normal. And the other thing that I've heard is that they're allowing outdoor events of up to 250 people. So, you know, whatever's happening in the commerce space is going to benefit the church space eventually. So, pray church, prepare ourselves as we, we move towards a new way, uh, a more normal way of worshipping together. So a few things I'm going to make an uh, announcement for. First thing is that uh, we are restarting or starting new care groups in Singapore. We have leaders who have stepped forward and says, I want to lead a, a care group or I want to restart my old care group. My old care group, we have uh, not met for a little while. We'd like to meet again. Given the number of people in the care group, of course, where some will be able to meet physically, some will not be able to meet physically just yet. But we're going to start all these care groups virtually. It's going to through Zoom for now to get us back into the rhythm of things. So if you are interested, you've never joined a care group before and you are interested to join one, email me at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at sdac.org.sg. Right? If you're interested, you've never been a part of it, you want to join the care group, please email me and we'll try to organize. So not everyone who signed up will get a spot because of the limitation, but we'll try our best. Or if you have been a part of a care group that has stopped, and you would like to restart, you know, the first thing you can do is contact your care group leaders to, to say, hey, are we restarting? If you, if you can't get through to them, you need my help, the same, right? Either you can message me, like my personal number or the church number, or email me at admin at sdac.org.sg. So we're moving towards restarting care groups, right? Restarting care groups. Next, I'm going to make a, a very important announcement about church reopening. So please pay attention, and I need you to pass the word around. Unfortunately, it's not about ASDAQ reopening just yet. But let me, let me cue you on what's going to happen. First of all, starting with, I think, I believe Thompson Chinese Church is the first among all the Seventh-day Adventist church that's going to reopen physical gathering. They're going to start, I think, on the 29th or that, that Sabbath, uh, last Sabbath of September. So in a two weeks' time, they're reopening to 50 people. 50 people. They can do so because Thompson Chinese Church is, I think, five or six times bigger than ASDAQ. So given the restriction, the requirements, they are able to sort themselves out that they can allow 50 people to start worshipping in Thompson Chinese Church. So a key note is this. It is reserved solely for Thompson Church, Thompson Chinese Church members only. Because they're trying to cater to a group within that, that, that community that don't have access to their online church. The elderly folks, we know there's a lot of them in Thompson Chinese Church, and some who are 
who have challenges, right? So they're the, the, uh, the special needs group. So there's the elderly and the special needs group from Thompson Chinese Church. They're going to give not priority. They're only going to allow those people to come back to worship there. So to, in order to go back for a physical worship, you will need a ticket. You will need a ticket. You don't have any way to go for the worship unless you have a ticket. If you show up without a ticket or online reservation, you will be asked to go home. So don't just show up and rock up because you must understand it's not easy because we're managing 50 people. We have to follow the rules set up by the government. We've read in the news a few of the FMB outlets have been shut down because they've been found to break the rules. Uh, we, we have had visits from the, the, the agencies to check our plans, uh, what are, what we're going to do, they check the space. So if you're not from Thompson Chinese Church, please don't just rock up. Right? It's gonna, they're going to turn you back, going to make you unhappy, going to make everything difficult. Um, just, just give us time to adjust. This is going to be their first time. They're going to reserve it for their own members. And they're also trying out to see how it works. Then following that, I, I believe Jurong Church, uh, English and Chinese Church, are also starting to reopen, I think, in October. And uh, follow that by Balestia. See, there's a trend. You notice that all these openings are from the bigger churches. The they're church with bigger buildings, but they're only allowing 50 people because they have the space. Pastor Egan and I have, have counted and checked out SDAC. If we do our best, if we follow everything and we're really strict, we have to be really strict about it, the most we can handle here is about 30. It's about 30. And it's with a lot of restrictions. So you, if you come back to church, you'll be very regimented. You, you can't do things that you want like normal church gatherings. You won't be able to sing. You won't be able to interact with one another. You cannot bring your food and have potluck here by yourself. You have to leave immediately after service. Even while you wait for the grab or the taxi or your, your family members to pick you up, that has to be regulated. You can't like, oh, I just asked my son to pick me up later at 1 o'clock when church finished at 12. That is not allowed. It's, it's really strict. Especially for us, if we're going to start reopening, we have to leave before the Filipino church can start come and set up in the afternoon and then we need to clean the whole premise, sanitize it and make everything ready. So do realize that we are trying our best, but it's going to take some adjustments. We're going to try and error, try certain things to make it happen, but it's going to take time. So as that, we're looking at it, we're thinking about it, we have different ideas about it but we're not sure which way to go for just yet. But if you really need to come back, and the fact is, if you are listening to this announcement, you actually don't need to because you're connected. But if you know anybody, if you know anybody within your circle of friends or church members that you keep in contact with who are disconnected, they're disconnected from the online church worship, please let me know. Please let me know. And we're trying to work something out for those people. So if you know somebody, if you know somebody, maybe that person doesn't have internet at home. Or maybe that person doesn't have the luxury of having gadgets that can access our Facebook page. Or they just cannot, they don't know how. Technically, they're not trained to do that. And they have been disconnected from the church, from ASDAQ, for a long time. For six months. We've been not gathering for about half a year. If you know that, you know specifically who, please contact me. Let me know who they are. I need to look at the numbers and then we're going to start planning specifically for them first. 
right? Let's, let's be a church that takes care of one another and not just fight for my own personal preference, right? We need to allow those who are in need. We need we're asked to take care of our brothers and sisters, right? And this is a need that they have. They, they don't have internet. They can't connect. They can't come online for church worship. We need to try and make it happen for them. And they will go first. They'll go first. And then the rest of us who are healthy and strong, who have technical support and we can get online, wait a little bit. We're going to make it happen if the numbers keep you know, being so low and, and hopefully it drops down to below 10 consistently with no community cases, I believe we will be able to gather in a more free way, right? So if you have any questions or any follow-up to this, you can leave a comment in the Facebook comment section and we'll try to, I'll try to reply it after the worship service or you can message 87545504. That's the church number, right? You can message that. I'll gather all the questions. I may come with a FAQ or I may answer it next Sabbath during worship, right? So either way, I'll try to work on it. And if you know names, again, if you know names of who is disconnected, I don't have purview of everyone. So if you know specifically who, please let me know. Please let me know. All right, the final thing, a part of this whole Doing things differently process is we're going to do a church membership transfer virtually, virtually. You know, usually we come to church, we do the first reading during announcement, we do the second reading the following Sabbath, and then we vote, right? So nobody's here, like, physically, and it's only the baptized Aztec members that, that is voting on this thing. So what I've done, you would have received my email. You would have received my email the first reading. At 11 o'clock, you would have received my second email for the second reading. If you didn't, I'll go back and check and uh, if the system, something happened, but you should have received. So what's going to happen is this. You don't have to reply. I don't want a hundred replies to say yes or no. It's going to spam my mailbox. I would take it that if you have no issue with the membership transfer, you will just keep silent. <laughs> like, no response required, right? If you agree, no response required. If you have issues, you disagree, there's something you want to mention, then you reply to the email, the title is Second Reading of Membership Transfer with whatever concerns you have. And I'll give it to you 7 p.m. today. If until 7 p.m. there's no reply, the membership transfer is approved. And we're going to move forward with that. Okay? So I'm going to wait for that. Let me know. It's going to be in your mailbox. If you're a baptized member of SDAC and you don't have that email, let me know. I'll email it to you. Okay? Don't worry about it. There's two transfer requests that's transferring out of SDAC. Right? These two guys uh, have been actually away from SDAC for a while. They love SDAC so much. In fact, I know one of them, or two of them, actually some of them, both of them, do still tune into our live worship now. Uh, so if you're listening or processing it, I have to figure out how to do it because uh, I need to get approval from the conference and this whole process is really interesting uh, how things are done. On that note, we are also going to restart baptism. Baptism, we've tried it in a few churches. We've been approved by the relevant government agencies. We're going to have baptism. It's not going to be live. It's not going to be live. It's going to be pre-recorded. It's going to be pre-recorded. We have uh, at least... Four candidates who've been asking for it. If I have, I have more who's asked for it, but I'm going to stagger because we can't have too many because we have to keep the water clean. I'm going to put death toll. I don't know what we're going to do. Like we have to keep the water sanitized, right? And so we can't have too many people gathered for that recording. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know which exact date that's going to happen. We're going to restart our baptism. On that note, I also have received new requests for Bible studies. Praise God. And if you are interested in having Bible studies to prepare you for baptism, please let me know. 
and you've been waiting for a while to be baptized, and you have decided, ah, now it's time. Huh? I've got a few people call me and say, well, now it's time. You know, this pandemic has told me it's time. And uh, let me know. We just get it done. Um, it's not like, you, you, you know, I cannot guarantee you membership in heaven by this baptism, right? But I can guarantee membership of love and acceptance and hope in that by this baptism. But it's a process that all Christians will do to acknowledge their love for Jesus Christ. So we're restarting that. As I said, the normal is coming back. We're, we're going back to getting some normalcy, right? It's going to be different. Things are going to change forever, but some of the things is going to come back, you know. Something like, I really miss the physical gathering, honestly. I really miss the physical gathering. But the blessings of, of, of this period I want to share with you is that I actually got to visit a lot of homes individually uh, in small gatherings like me, my family, visit another family more than before just because of the current setup. More people are at home. <laughs> more people are at home. I don't have to wait till 9 p.m. when they get home. Uh, now I can visit with my kids. I can bring Lucas along because uh, you guys are at home. You know? that's, that's, that's the blessing of this period of time. So it's good. All right. Now next we're going to have a video. Have a video. I'm going to go back a little bit. We're going to have a video of uh, Hope Channel. Hope Channel. Uh, why? Because I think today is the actual day that marks the one-year anniversary, one-year anniversary of Hope Channel Singapore being established. So guys, we'll have a, watch, a look at the video and then there will be a short announcement after the video. All right, let's go. tumor and she said that uh, it would be six months if I uh, don't go for treatment. You're listening to Alabaster Jars, a collection of perspectives on life and spirituality. Written by women, for women, and and read by by women. women. I've chosen the thank you one. I chose I love you. Okay, so it's been one year since Hope Channel Singapore established, and it's crazy because when we first worked on the thing, we didn't expect it to be so important to us uh, so quickly because this pandemic had just, just suddenly thrown everything online, and Hope Channel was set up before it happened and, and was ready when it came. So God knew before it happened that this Thing, this is something we need to pursue. It's, it wasn't an easy process. It took a little while to get Hope Channel Singapore started. There was uh, uh, some technical challenges, people, human resource. 
but God blessed and guided and we were ready when the pandemic struck and then we were there. So one year, guys, one year, guys, we'll continue to go on and I hope that it will become an important tool for sharing the love, hope and gospel to people in Singapore and uh, contribute if you can. And uh, next, I'm going to talk a little bit about the app, the app. So we have an app. Man, this is like, I want an app. Um, but like Hope Channel has an app where you can watch all the shows. You don't even have to go to the website. Uh, it's downloaded straight to the app. It's accessible. It's, it's, uh, everything's there. Everything's there. And um, all the archives are there. So all the past episodes are on there. So go, go on and, and, and just watch it. Watch it. Uh, uh, you download the app, scan the QR code, and uh, the, the, it will bring you to wherever, you know, Apple Store or Google Play Store, and it will allow you to download the Hope Channel Singapore app. It's uniquely Hope Channel Singapore. There is an overall international Hope Channel app, but this, uh, this is just uniquely Hope Channel Singapore. Right? Of course, the Hope Channel International team, thanks for helping us build it. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, right? So yeah, today, today we're going to talk, continue our series on the rhythm of life, you know, building, having rules in life that will support our functioning and our growth in this period of time. So before I, I go into it, I'll invite you to pray with me again. Let's pray. Father, speak to us and uh, help us to listen. Quiet our hearts. Help us to know that, Lord, you are, you're there. And Lord, for those of us who need guidance, guide us. For those of us who need comfort, comfort us. For those of us who need healing, heal us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Right, you know, today, when you need something, when you need something, you go and look for it where? On the internet, right? You find things that you need to find on the internet, and then you find how things work or how to do certain things. So I'm going to do with a verse today. The verse is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Daniel read it. It's one of the verses that people dismiss. It's It's impossible, James. The verse says, pray without ceasing. And people are like, how is that possible? I think that's because of an understanding of that verse. We often equate it to breathing, which is true, that you have to constantly be in that prayer functioning. And we have a specific ideology of how prayer looks like. And so we dismiss this verse and we think it's impossible. Well, if you go on the internet, there's thousands and one possible solution it tries to offer you on how you can do that. So I thought, yeah, it's time for the pastor to, to share what I think the Bible teaches us about this, this, this verse, and uh, hopefully that you will, will balance what you're reading. Because you, when you read online, the crazy thing is you don't know whether it's real or not. You know that it's trustworthy or not. I'm not saying that I'm, most, I'm the most trustworthy, but I just want to like, try my best to, to share with you my own journey of understanding what it means to pray without ceasing from the Scripture, from the Scripture. I think the first question to ask ourselves with any rules of Christian life, any rules, prayer, scripture reading, coming to worship. And you know what coming to worship is really interesting? I feel confessing to me. Uh, really weird. They're like, Pastor James, I didn't watch the worship live. I watched it in the afternoon. And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. There's some even like, you know, Pastor, I watch it on Sunday. Is it okay? <laughs> like, you know, 
It's okay, guys. Don't worry about it. But you know, th- there's a one question we have to ask about various rules, whether it's paying tithe and offering, whether it's prayer, whether it's reading the scripture, sharing the gospel, coming to church. All these rules, do you think about it as I, I get to do it? Or do you think about it as, man, I have to do it? What's the difference? Like for me, right, I like reading books. I never, I didn't always used to, but I like reading books now. And it's interesting, like, I, of course, when I was younger, the book I like to read are not really books, they are comic books. And I, when I get to read comic books, it's really exciting. I can read for hours nonstop. Or when I read, like, the Chinese novel on, like, martial arts, nonstop, right? I, I can read nonstop. And then there is the, that's like, I get to. I get to spend hours on the, the, the comic books. I get to spend hours on my ancient martial arts novel. I get to. Then there is the chemistry textbook. I have to read my chemistry textbook. I have to study. It's like, I have to, because if I don't do it, I'm going to fail. If I fail, I'm going to like, you know, become a loser. I'm going to like fail at life. And you know, it's that, it's I have to. And the same thing translated over to, to spiritual stuff. Spiritual stuff, you know, like it, it started with, uh, man, I have to go to church because my dad makes me go to church. And as I grew older, as I realized why I want to go to church, I make the choice for myself. I'm like, wow, it's Sabbath. I get to go to church. And right now, as I do my studies on uh, my doctorate, when I read the textbook, because now I chose the specific field that I want to study in, it's amazing. Like, I've, I don't even know this James anymore. Like, nobody believes that this is the James that, that used to hate reading textbooks. I, like, I get to study about all these topics. I'm so excited. So weird. Do you get to or do you have to? How are you looking at the rules of spiritual life that you've set up for yourself? Get to or have to? You know, in the current, not just Singapore, but Singapore is quite bad, pretty bad. We're top, I think we were top for a little while and then we dropped down again to second and third. It's always the fight between Japan, Korea, and Singapore. Like it's, it's forever fight of who is the busiest. Who's the busiest? Who worked the longest hours? Uh, I realized, I remember that it was, I think it was this year or just, just before the COVID that we, we overtook Korea as the people who work the longest hours as a people. And it's just like, this is, this is like, what is going on? It's really messed up, right? It's like so, and it's the crazy thing is that Singaporeans, some Singaporeans actually pride themselves as, as the people who work long hours. They're like, oh, James, man, I work 11 hours a day. And it's not like, oh, man, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> bro, you need a life. Um, just like, like Singaporeans have, have just been, we recognize you know, we almost like give value to ourselves with how many hours we work. And so we're busy, 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 right? It's, it's an understatement to say we're busy. Of course, being at the office doesn't mean we are effective. That's different. Working long hours and uh, being busy doesn't mean you're efficient or effective. That's a whole different discussion. But, but the fact is we're busy. We're busy work. We're doing busy work, right? And you're busy, busy, busy. And then you say, James, how am I going to work with this pray without ceasing idea, how, how do you schedule that in? How do you fit it into a plate that is super full, James? And so we look at this, you look at the chart that I'm showing you, right? Say, how hard are we working? 
Like you look at the breakdown, and, and I, I bet this chart has changed during this COVID-19 work from home. People thought that, you know, a lot of bosses think that if you work from home, you're working less. But research have continuously shown that people are working longer hours because they're working from home. Sometimes not because of their own choice, but they're not as effective because there's stuff that's happening. They don't have the quiet space to work. So consistently, not just in Singapore, it's in the United States, it's in Europe, it's in Australia, that people are working longer hours. And they're feeling more tired even though they're at home. Any of you are, are, are management people? It's a fact. I'm not making this up. All right? So, so be nice. All right? So like, like just like working longer hours and churning out less work. You know, you know why? One of the things I read in the article, like, that they realized that people are working longer hours because there's more meetings than before. More meetings than before. Like my sister yesterday was over at my place and, and she's like, man, she gets meetings that, 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 and calls at 6.30 to like start the meetings. And I'm like, sis, it's, it's Friday. It's 6.30. And she's like, yeah, I know, right? Like we're meeting more, spending more time just trying to keep connected just as like Singapore slang. I just want to show face. I just want to see your face. And then we are like managed by facing. We're not managing by trust achieving. Maybe I'm on a rant. I just I need to stop maybe, right? Just like, this is like, we're not functioning as well. We're not functioning as well. And then and, and this long hour. And it's so James is saying, pray without ceasing in the midst of this craziness. You crazy. And so that's how we see it. We think it's like, you know, we're just like life, and I'm just balancing rocks and trying to feed another pebble and then just trying to balance this whole thing and make it work. That's, I think that's how we're viewing this whole busyness thing. And we try to slot in rules of life, spiritual rules of life, pray without seeing. We're just trying to slot it in, you know, this crazy balancing act we call life. May I suggest... May I suggest that that's not how we are designed to function and that's not how we're supposed to view this whole concept. I would suggest that you view this whole concept more as a, you know, the health pyramid of the amount of food you eat is not trying to give everything equal space. Like you go to any nutritionist, you go to any dietitian, they will tell you like you cannot eat everything equally. Man, if you eat the same amount of fat as you eat as the same amount of carbohydrates, you're going to die. It's not, that, it's not how it works, right? They tell you, you know, fat is a little bit, and then you eat the more carbohydrates, protein, you eat the vegetables, your fruits, your grains. You just turn like, Give priority to things that take up more space because they're more important to your health and eat less of that. But here's the twist. The spiritual rule of life is not one slice of the pie. It's the bottom crust of the pie. If you, if you try to just slot it in, it just becomes part of what you do. And honestly, if you boil down to it, it's a very legalistic mindset. I'm just trying to achieve approval from God. Check, you know, me the check mark. I've done my prayer, Jesus. I've, I've gone to church, Jesus. I read my Bible, Jesus. Now I'm good, right? I'm a good boy, right? That's the wrong mindset. It has to be the underlying supporting structure that you place every single thing on. I'm going to explain how. In fact, this 
this series on rules of life, I'm going to give two Sabbaths, two, two, two weeks to the idea of prayer because I think it's so important. Today's the first part. First Thessalonians 5.17, and I remind you again, it says pray without ceasing. It doesn't say try to pray as often as you can. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say pray when you're in need if other time is cool. It doesn't say Pray very hard if you have exam tomorrow morning. That's me. I pray very hard when there's an exam tomorrow morning. I pray very hard before I start writing. Then say that. The scripture is very clear with this mandate, which seems ridiculous, that says pray without ceasing. So the first concept, first concept we have to change in our mind, the cliche word, the paradigm shift, has to be to pray is to work to work is to pray. Let me say that again. To pray is to work. To work is to pray. The first idea of transforming it from being a slice of the pie to being the crust of the pie is to see every aspect of your life as a prayer. Because what is prayer? Which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. What is prayer defines how we do prayer. So the first idea to understand that we can be praying even as we are doing our work. Even as I'm replying my email to my boss or to my colleagues or to my client, that act of replying email can be a prayer. I'm going to talk about how. Don't worry. But, and I also going to give you another concept that it changes and is fluid depending on the life stage that you are in. Honestly, like today, I was just sharing with Kelvin, like life before Lucas is very different from life after Lucas. Like the time I have, the way I function is way different. I, could, I, can, I can used to be like, be surfing the net for three hours and it's just like no problem. And I can still go to bed when I want to at 11. It's like, it means I have a lot of free time in the day. I can study, I can go out with my friends, I can just hang out and, and I can do prayer in a specific way that I want to because I have control. Remember, I was in university in Australia. Man, I had so much time and, and I just like, I go to school like during my last semester. I go to school three days a week. And so I have a long weekend every week. And I'm like, man, I have so much time. Of course, I went and I, I earned money, worked part-time, but I had a choice of what to do with my life. Now, <laughs> the power has been handed over. Lucas, is in control of my schedule. I cannot dictate what time he wakes up. Like last night, he slept pretty late, and uh, in my heart, I was like, yes, you know, I can sleep in a little bit more this morning. No, Lucas, which is a bundle of energy, supercharged energizer, plus Duracell, plus Everready, wakes up real early in the morning, comes to my room, and then he does the thing that, you know, no pastor dad can say no. He comes to my room and he brings, he chucks along his huge Bible, he drags it, and he says, Bible, which means to read the Bible to him. Can a, like, pastor dad says, come on, son, I need to sleep five more minutes. <laughs> it's like Sabbath, they're like, my two-year-old son brings the Bible to you in the morning, says, Bible. You wake up, and you open the Bible, and you read to your son. He's in charge. So it changes, right? It depends on different life stage you are in. 
you can do this pray without ceasing a little differently. A little differently. I'm not going to dictate exactly how it's done because you are in a different life stage. You are a different person. You have a different life. You know, I grew up with like church telling me exactly what it means to have a good prayer life. And there's a standard that is set up. And I look at the standard, I compare it to myself. And I'm like, man, I'm a horrible person. I, I can't fulfill the requirements. And I realized that most people can't fulfill the requirements. I don't know, man. Maybe that, that's some of the requirements on the people. Because it's not realistic. It's not real. It's not biblical. So I'm going to share a few concepts. And I want you to apply it to your life. Remember, to play, to pray, not to play. To pray is work, to work is pray, and then your life, you will change. So you're, you kind of have just one approach that fits all your life stages. You have to adjust periodically, all right? Okay, so the first thing I need to, you need to ask yourself is, to pray without ceasing, what is the best time to kickstart the whole process? To kickstart the whole process. The best time, people think, oh, morning, lunch, evening. No, 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 no. The best time is where you can truly focus and connect. Focus and connect. And as I go into next week, I'm going to explain how prayer functions and what prayer looks like. You may realize that how, how best connect may not be just going to a quiet space and just praying and speaking to God. That is one way, okay? So the best time for you could be different. Could be like, I know when before I, I was married, before I had, I had a son, the best time for me was actually 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock p.m. I would go out of the house and uh, I'll drive. I'll drive to nowhere and in my drive, I will have a conversation with God. So that's just my space. That's how I focus and concentrate. Because if I'm home, I'll be tempted to play computer games. Like, I my housemates are not very helpful in that aspect, right? So I will have to go. I have to leave the house at about 8 or 9 o'clock. doesn't matter. I can, sometimes I leave the house at 11 o'clock. And just like, because, you know, student, you don't have to sleep. And then I just drive. I just drive in a single direction. I have places that I usually go at. In the drive is the best time for me. That kickstart the process of pray without ceasing. That functions and carry on. Of course, at that point, I didn't understand what it means to, to do that. For some people, it could be waking up early. I know people wake up at 4 o'clock. I cannot, all right? Four o'clock, and then they, they connect, they do their thing, and then they eat breakfast, and they go to the gym, they swim, and they come home. I'm like, dude, not me. Some people, it's, it's like they have the ability to sit down at the proper time for breakfast, and they read, read the news, and then they start the day with prayer. Some people pray just before leaving the house. I know of a couples where the wife would say, we'll pray for the husband just before he leaves the door. Some people, it's during lunchtime. They take lunch by themselves, or they with, with somebody else. Different time, different way, but you have to know for yourself what's the best time to pray. Okay, that's one thing. First concept, you have to keep in your mind. Secondly, the way, the method of prayer that works best. Okay, here I'm going to explain what does it mean to pray, right? The traditional understanding of prayer is that we have to fall hands, kneel down, close our eyes, and pray. That is good. That is good. But for different people, it may be not work as good. Like for me to kneel and, and pray, close my eyes, I can do that for about, the longest I've done it for about, is about 30 minutes. Uh, that's very good. But usually about five minutes, my mind starts to wander. Starts to wonder, You know, because I've been told you have to close your eyes uh, and keep quiet and pray. And, and it doesn't work for me. Because uh, my mind will start to wander. And I realized that, oh, blasphemy, right? People say, hey, you can open your eyes. You're allowed to. 
I realize, I realize that if I open my eyes and focus on a specific spot, my mind don't wander as much as I pray. Then the other thing, you know, told to keep quiet when you pray, I was told, why don't you verbalize? Speak out. That's why I need to drive because all people think I'm crazy. Right? So in my car, I will, I will pray out loud. And if I pray out loud, of course, it's not a good idea to close my eyes as I drive, right? I pray out loud. I'll, I'll stop at some quiet place. I'll open my eyes. I'll pray out loud. I'll speak my prayer out. And it helped me focus and concentrate. All right? So that's what works best for me. I don't know what bad works best for you, but some people have what they call breath prayer. That is the closest to what I think traditionally we understand as pray without ceasing. They'll keep praying. Like, little things here and there. They'll, they'll pray, Dear Jesus, do this. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for that. Uh, help me with this. They continue to have an ongoing conversation we've got throughout the day. That's one way. Fit some people. Some people are, are better when they go for walks, prayer walks. They go for a two-kilometer walk, and as they walk, they pray. With, like, you know, ear parts in, listening to scripture or something. I don't know. Some people, it works for them when they pray the psalms. What do I mean? They read through the psalm and they just recite the psalm. Because they don't know what to pray for, they don't know how to connect with God. They just take a psalm and they recite it. They recite it after. And that's a prayer. What works best is the concept. Again, I'm going to dive into the detail of prayer next week, so don't worry. But these are things I want to share with and introduce to you, right? Next concept that will help you pray without ceasing is to, is to soak your entire day in prayer. And how do you do that? I have a friend who has this way of doing it. He, he sets every hour an alarm that sounds every hour from, he, from the time he wakes up to the time he, he, he closes the day. So what happens is not that he has to like stop and pray for an hour, every hour, then he has nothing else he could do. Is that at every hour, at the hour, the, 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 the bell rings and reminds him, hey, pray. And he says, thank you God that this hour went well. This hour was good. It could be as short as that or it could be something happened. You know, had a bad meeting or something or he could be in the midst of a meeting. The, the alarm sounds and says, God, help me this meeting is not going well. Please be with me. Or God, like, help me focus my mind on the work I'm doing. I'm being distracted. Like every hour he's praying throughout the day, and this helps him pray without saying because he's, he's in a state of prayer. You get what I'm trying to say? To pray his work, to work his praise, to be in a state of connecting and communicating with God throughout the day and not necessarily being in the act of the traditional prayer. Yeah? So that's what worked for him. Another way, this is an this is like amazing story, right? This is, this is like Suzanne Wesley. Um, we know her, 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 her son better, but she had, she had 19 kids. 19. I have one. And I'm like, dude. And so the family, right, her husband was not very good with money. And so the family will go through times where the husband has to leave her behind by herself to go work in another place, and she has to take care of 19 kids by herself. Guys, crazy. If anybody is busy, she is busy. Mrs. Wesley is busy. But the thing is, growing up, she had this promise that she made with God that for every hour of entertainment, she's going to give back to God an hour of prayer. That's a promise she made. So she watched TV. There was no TV back then, okay? So she, anything, she spent an hour reading a novel. She'll pray for an hour. But after she became a mother of 19, of course, unfortunately, uh, 
10 of them passed away or 9 of them passed away. So she only had 10 kids that grew to, to mature age that she had to take care of. Um, back then, mortality rate was very real, very, very intense. And so she had 10 kids. I think it was 10. 10 kids that survived. Then she had to take care of 10. She couldn't fulfill that promise anymore. So she can't do it. She can't, for every hour of entertainment, pray one hour. Because honestly, she actually had no time for entertainment, right? So it doesn't mean no prayer. So she had this physical action she would do as a sign to all the kids that you do not disturb mommy because mommy needs to pray right now. And so every once ever often when it's time that she thinks I need to pray, she does this. She lifts the apron and then she covers her head. In the midst of wherever, in the kitchen, in the living room, making the bed, sweeping the floor, when she feels it's time to pray or I need prayer, she stops. She lifts her apron and she covers her head and all the kids are like, okay, do not disturb mom. She's praying. Have a special place of prayer. A special trigger of prayer. For you, I don't know, whenever you, you receive a spam email, you pray. I don't know, like, how do you function? Choose for yourself triggers that reminds you to pray. That's how it worked for her. Next, I'm going to talk about the posture of prayer. You know, a lot of people think pray, as I said before, that you have to kneel down, close your eyes, fold your hands. That's good. It helps most people focus and concentrate. But do you know Scripture, in the Scripture, biblically, the actual model of prayer, I've talked about this, I think, a few years before, that there's nowhere in the Bible you really find people folding their hands, closing their eyes, and kneeling down. You will find people kneeling down, but their eyes will be looking to heaven. There's more outdoors and privacy back then. And consistently when they pray, I remember when this first started happening in the Adventist church, we got a lot of stares. Even till today, I think it'll happen. When people pray, they do this. Compared to this. But do you know this is found in the scripture? This is not. And yet we're like, oh, he's raising his hand. He's, he's Pentecostal, something, you know. Pentecostal is good. Like, they, they focus on the spirit. Let's not judge our brothers. But yes, the posture, the posture, seriously. Like we, we are so caught up with the posture of prayer that we don't pray because we can't get into the posture. Missing the point. Missing the point. I just want to talk about that. You know, scripturally, people actually stand and then they raise their hands. If you look at, uh, if you want to look for an example, go check out the uh, internet, Google just how the Jews pray at the wailing wall. They pray and then they'll, they'll do this. That's how they pray. Do, do we pray like that? That's how Jesus would have prayed, honestly. Guys, posture. But I think the, the, one of the helpful things that will, will help you to be praying without ceasing is having people pray with you. Right now, we can't physically pray together, but right now, we are more connected than ever, uh, like digitally. Why don't you have friends that just like send prayer requests to you and you, when you pray, you just say, hey, hey, bro, I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Hey, sis, I prayed for you. Let them know you're praying. Let them know you're praying. And then let them know that I'm here for you. You know when you know people are praying? And then when you start experiencing the power of community prayer, and when you start experiencing the answered prayer from community prayer, I tell you, you will start praying. I believe that one of the biggest reasons we don't pray is we don't think it works. And we have not seen the blessings and results of prayer. But I ask you to pray. The scripture is clear as the noonday sun. First Thessalonians 5.17 
I don't really need to read the scripture from the, the book because it's so short. It's good to memorize. First Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says, Pray without ceasing. 